1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Today's episode is sponsored by Try Vegan, a meal delivery plan that is 100% heart healthy, plant based, made without gluten, oils, or refined sugar. All customers receive eight meals and two sides for only $100 plus $9.99 shipping. They offer an exciting new menu each week that are shipped out on Mondays. Based in New Jersey, TriVegan delivers north to Vermont, south to Maryland, west to Pennsylvania, includes all major cities such as New York and Philly. There's no contractor commitment, and you all, my audience, can save 25% off your first order. Promo code, capital L, capital Y, capital T, capital Y, yoga. That's lit yoga. Website is tryveganmealprep.com. Vince is a friend of mine. He is an amazing human being, and I have this myself. This saves me time and energy, and I get these delicious, delicious homemade meals delivered right to my doorstep. So try vegan yourself. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Friday with Friends, and I have a new friend, Deborah Flaschenberg. Deborah Deb is a yoga teacher. She's also the founder of Prenatal Yoga Center in New York City. She's a labor support doula. I wish I had her when I was in labor, and a childbirth educator, and of course, a mama as well of two kids. Welcome, Deb.
0: Hi, thank you so much for having me on.
1: It's so great to have you, and we'll have to make sure that we put on um, all the notes about your podcast, because you have your own podcast as well, but I was um, I was just happy to be able to, to get on here today and talk with you about prenatal, postnatal yoga. This is a hot topic, and it's one that I... Usually I don't kind of brush over, but you know if people are coming to me for a while taking yoga, they just continue taking yoga well into the you know their their uh, third trimester even. and then they come back and that's a percentage of people, but not everybody by any means, that can kind of coast through all three trimesters and um, then have that fourth trimester, that recovery and come and do yoga. How did you first uh, become interested in doing prenatal, postnatal, Creating a center, a founder of the prenatal yoga center, and then and then the labor support doula and all that. Had you always been interested in birth? And no,
0: pregnancy? no. <laughs> I'll be totally honest. No. In fact, it's funny that I ended up here. I feel like I was that kid that never played house, never like pretended to have babies. Like I had one doll. I still remembered Amy. I cut all her hair off, drew on her and left her in the front yard. Like I was not maternal whatsoever.
1: You're the um, same person. And now I remember you said we have the same birthday. Oh my God. you are a Halloween baby. You're <laughs> Halloween babies. It's so unusual and it's amazing. Instant instant sisterhood. But I was the same way. Like, yeah, not, not that not like, maternal babies. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And and you know, I never even knew if I'd have kids, but I was um I was performing, I was a singer dancer for a long time. And I got into yoga because one of our choreographers used asana as a warm-up and I'm like, oh, I like this. You know, I was flexible. So, you know, it came very easily to me. And I took a hot second doing Bikram. And at which point I that's like my dirty yoga secret.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, many, many a good person have, have gone there. Like a hot
0: second there. And I did the training and during it, I was just like, oh, this is not the path for me. I, I then talked to some people. I'm like, I want to do a, a different style of yoga. I want to be able to look at the body and and figure out what to do instead of follow the script. And I just, I felt very confined And so someone mentioned prenatal yoga and I'm like, Oh, that's, and this was, this was like 20 years ago. So this was before it was kind of a hot thing to do. And so I, I'm like, that sounds interesting. And so I got trained in that. Even then I didn't really have the birth bug, like that birth junkie. So one of my students, I decided I I was 28 when I opened my studio. So I just like, I'm going to open a yoga studio. This was, you know, 2002. And it was a little less crazy yoga-ish. And I knew I didn't want to compete with all the big studios like the Yoga Works and the Om Yoga. And so I really niched down and there would happen to be an empty storefront like on a second floor on 72nd near where I was. And I'm like, okay, I'll just do that. I was 28. I have a degree in musical theater. Like The fact that 18 years later, this is still working out is... (laughs) it's shocking. And so I just I kept going and one of my students was doing a fellowship at one of the hospitals and she asked me if I wanted to to attend some birds cuz I hadn't seen any. And I'm like, "Okay, sure." And so she—it was so illegal. She told everyone as a med student, like I had scrubs on, I, I scrubbed into a cesarean. Like, I mean, things that I should not have done.
1: Well, you were a trained actress. You could always be like, uh, "Yes, I am." You know, yes, I, mean? I am, Dr. Yes, Slatonberg. I, yes, yes, I, I am. Am. One on TV.
0: <laughs> so I, I watched Birth, and I was really horrified by what I saw, and I felt like what I was teaching modified asana wasn't really giving the full picture of what the students were heading into. So it was that day that really catapulted my whole trajectory that I left that hospital watching several births and I I signed up to become a doula. And I thought, okay, I can take what's really happening in the birth room, share it with the students, help prepare them for what's really to come. Because again, it's not just modified asana. And then I also became a Lamaze teacher because I thought, you know, I hadn't had kids. I wasn't anywhere ready to have kids. And so I really wanted the education. And all of that really became what I do now. So there's a lot of focus on childbirth education in my teaching, as well as functional movement. So then and as a physical therapist, I'm sure you'd appreciate this. You know, so years later, I had, I had my first child about nine and a half years into teaching prenatal yoga. And I did everything that I tell my students not to do. Like I was that crazy person still on the spin bike. I was getting everything way too tight. My psoas was probably rock hard. My pelvic floor was probably rock hard. I was doing everything I knew not to, but I couldn't get myself not to, that's a whole nother topic. And so I just had this crazy, like you were telling about your labor, like really long. My first labor was 42 hours. It's kind of amazing. amazing. It came, he came out vaginally, but my pelvic floor is pretty wrecked and my body was pretty wrecked. So I took a step back after having to see a pelvic floor physical therapist to re you know put me back together. And it changed how I teach that I now really approach prenatal yoga as what can we do to help the body have a functional birth? Because there's so much in yoga that can really create havoc on the pregnant body. It's not just about let's modify asana, but can we look at what asana can support the pregnant body for a functional birth? Because no one wants to spend months in PT getting their pelvic corner, their abs back together with a new baby.
1: (laughs) No, this is so fascinating. So first of all, Do you mind just, you don't have to go into a lot of detail, but when you, because I didn't have this experience. So when people say their pelvic floor was wrecked, what, what does that translate? How how does that like, without getting, you know, whatever you want to. So I was definitely.
0: Hypertonic to start. My pelvic floor, I mean, I was spinning like six days a week. It was really insane. Like, and I have a background in dance. So I was very, you know, engaged already. I was doing a lot of advanced asana, you know, things that were fine, but not supportive of the pregnant body. So it was hypertonic. It was very engaged. So when my son was coming through the birth canal, his head was slightly tipped. We call it asynclitic. So his ear was closer to his shoulder. So he kept kind of pounding the side of his head against the cervix. So I then end up pushing, it was a long labor to dilate because for the cervix to dilate, we need the smallest part of the baby's head to push it open. So the way contractions happen, I won't go too crazy because I know this is a yoga podcast, not a birth podcast, but the uterus retracts, it gets thicker at the top, and it pushes the baby into the cervix and the cervix opens like a turtleneck sweater. But if the baby's head is, you know, uh, the forehead's opening or the side of the head's opening, it's not going to open as well. Like you were saying that your first child is really cone headed. Yeah, we want that cone head to push the cervix open. So it took me forever to dilate. And then I pushed for five hours. So through all that forceful pushing, there's a lot, and I'm also over hyp- hypomobile. We know the pregnant body has all these juicy hormones. I got what's called pelvic floor prolapse, so the bladder was just kind of a little saggy. It's fixed now. I mean, but I went through physical therapy, so the bladder was prolapsed a little. My pelvic floor just felt very weak. Um, it just felt kind of heavy. It I was it was not it was not good, um, and I also had diastasis, where there's that separation and thinning of the linea alba. So. I worked really intensely with a physical therapist to regain full functionality of the pelvic forks. I think the way people think tight, tight, engage, engage, that's what we want. We're, you know, you're as a PT, you understand we need that full range of motion. And I, I didn't have the ability
1: to ramp up or ramp down according yeah. to what you're wanting, you know? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So, so you, that, that must've been so interesting to, to have all of those things happen and inform you in a different way. Well how was your second birth compared to that one? It was (laughs) I pushed for like like, applied them.
0: (laughs) I first I never got on the bike again until maybe like three years ago. Now I'm like a Peloton junkie. Um I'm done having babies so we're fine with that. Um so I didn't get back on the bike and I really I was so different. I I worked with an acupuncturist. I did um, chiropractic, something called the Webster technique. I really worked on creating balance in my body. Like that first birth really taught me how to have a dysfunctional labor and that you need to have that springy pelvic floor. We need to respect the psoas. I think spinning, it's really tightening the psoas. And it just was all about balance and about also honoring that I was pregnant and My asana practice really needed to change. You know, I had that the first pregnancy, like it was almost something like a media picture. Like I had this, I had this big belly, but these little skinny arms and legs. You know, like I just looked like that picture of fit pregnant. You know, like on the cover fit pregnancy. But it, you know, it wasn't the most functional thing to do. So my second birth, now statistically, second births are. Easier. Um, that's why whenever I was when I was an active doula, I'm like, yeah, bring on the second birth. Babies <laughs> fly out. But my second birth was like, I think the whole thing was maybe three or four hours and I pushed for maybe six minutes. So a very different thing. But again, I approached the whole thing differently.
1: Yeah, yeah. So when you get people, so how does it work to have a prenatal center? Because I'm always interested because I have a yoga studio and we have at times run prenatal classes. But it's it's um we I've only had one person, an outside person, who taught. And do you like? Is it like a kind of wave? Like here, everybody's in their first trimester, and they start, and they or do you, do people? Play? Oh, it's it's
0: constant. I've kind of leveled the playing field that everyone can do it because the way that we use our blocks and props, um, it makes it just for an easeful graceful transition and safe transition. So it's, you know, um, what do they call it in college? Like when it's uh, a rolling admissions. (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, So it's a rolling admissions. They come and go as they please. But yeah, we, we do a lot of focus on, you know, it's asana, but I guess the way I teach prenatal, it's almost like an homage to yoga. It's not classic. Like, yes, we do down dog. We do all the warriors and stuff, but the point of the asana is different. Like we're really again, looking how can we take this yoga practice and really prepare the body and the mind for that huge jump into parenthood and the ordeal of labor and also be able to recover? And we're both parents. We know like parenthood's the longer haul, you know, <laughs> it's like
1: enjoy the pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah that's-
0: yeah, but open, having a whole studio, it's nice to have a niche. I really actually enjoy that. And I've really enjoyed uh, learning a lot about this and trying to be an expert in this, but it's definitely, it, you know, come from a marketing standpoint, it's, it's constant marketing. It's coming, you know, people are constantly coming and going, but we really built everything. So like we do the childbirth ed classes. We do this, like we make it a one-stop shop.
1: Right. Right. So you do, so you do tend to have people who are coming for that, Period of time. And then you see, so you're, yeah, you're right. You're constantly, you don't have a lot. The customer t- retention isn't great necessarily, unless people just want to come in and do prenatal yoga.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we have people that have their baby do postnatal, have their baby do postnatal. But yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of come and go.
1: Yeah. So your studio is still open
0: online. online. So, I mean, because the studio is right. I mean, it's in the heart <laughs> of New York City, it's on West 72nd Street. So, what is today? the may 29th we are closed but i was pretty prepared to pivot online mm-hmm. so we're doing like every other yoga studio in the country everything's online but we've got a really great community i mean that's some that's a big part of what we stand for is about creating community so they followed us online we're still going honestly i don't know when we'll open up again cuz i know some places are, are talking about opening, but the pregnant student—are they really going to feel all that comfortable?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I I agree. I, what I, are you thinking for your for your space? I, I'm I can't imagine it opening for months. I mean, I'm saying that out loud, and I hope I don't make anybody upset by that. But I think so, from a, a socially conscious standpoint, I I don't I don't know uh, I don't I don't think that that's something I could do. As much as I miss it, and as much as I know the community misses it, it doesn't feel like. It's 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 walking into an unknown, possible minefield, and so I, I don't know the answer, but I don't I don't imagine it will be for a long time. Honestly, I know
0: Kripalu just announced that they are canceling till twenty twenty one. I'm like, well, I get that. You know in our studio, mat to mat, it's not huge. We can hold like twenty nine students. It's literally mat to mat. So say we have to social distance six feet. Well, what can I fit maybe eight students in? So is it worth doing that yes. and then what happens if the teacher you know shows up slightly feverish and I, like i don't have extra teachers just hanging out so i right. mean as an owner it feels like i'm doing better justice to the community just to stay online and be like you can do it from your home we'll still offer everything we offer but i just think it's safer and i don't want any pregnant student to add stress to their pregnancy, to come to a studio and then someone coughs and everyone's like, oh my God, what's going on?
1: Yes, I agree. Especially it's just, there's so many worries that come anyway. Why add to any of that um, unnecessary anxiety in that time period? I'm um, so, okay. So as of now, we're well, not now, but before the pandemic, you were operating the studio. Mm-hmm. You are, are you still a, a doula or you're just.
0: No, I'm not doing as much birth work that way. Um, just because my kids are, I have a six and eight year old, and it's just, and, and I don't have family nearby. Now, some people might hear that and they have like, you know, mom or dad next door. It was just too hard for me to drop everything. So I, d- I tried to keep it up for a while. And, you know, I could be at a birth for, you know, one or two days and come back and I always put the mom hat back on. I, I couldn't do that. So I now support other doulas, but I do continue with my childbirth education. I do a lot of private that way, um, like one-on-one couples or duets. Um, but my main thing is I also teach prenatal yoga teacher training around the country, which has been really fun. I've really oh enjoyed that where, um,
1: how we, long, so how long is the training?
0: It's an 85-hour training, um, but you don't need all 85 contact hours. So when I do it around the country, we do two long weekends, four days and three days. But I have a whole online membership site that they get the material a month ahead, all these videos and the material, so they can dive in and work on it. So we meet up on that first day, especially because the first day is anatomy. You know, For some, anatomy is very dense. No, so we can really dive in and it's the first weekend's like 35 hours. It's not, it's not small. And then we have a month between that, and then we meet up again for another like 30 hours. Um, maybe it's maybe again 35, I'd have to look. Um, but during that time they also take a child with education class. But it's been great. I really love going around and seeing also different cultures. I'm used to New York and the way we birthed there, but you know, it's different all over. And just also meet
1: meet different people. Okay, so in the course, without giving too yes. much away, what are what are the things that you emphasize in the different tri- trimesters, or maybe just in the preparation for birth, as this you know nine month march to birth? What are the yoga? I know you're not doing classical yoga stuff, but what are some of the m- moves or breathing techniques or anything? that Just let it give us a just a little sure. Share?
0: We do a ton of, you know, it's normal breathing. We actually, we remind the teacher trainees not to insist that people breathe through their nose because the pregnant body has what, 40 to 60% more blood volume and it's more mucousy. So breathing through your nose can be really hard. So we don't do ujjayi. We do just kind of diaphragmatic breathing and remind people they can breathe through their mouth. Um, We do valoma nothing, breath retention. But it's not even. We don't even really break it down by um, by trimester. There's a couple of things that we focus on. Like in the first trimester, we don't do abdominal work. So part of my methodology is to work on the transversus abdominals. Um, you know that wrap around like a court. Of course, you know. But for your for your listeners, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know the, the corset um, because that can help with pushing as well as still stability. And the only reason I don't work on that with the first trimester. It's because I don't, we know that the highest chance of miscarriage is up to 12 weeks. Now, we also know there's no data saying ab work going to cause miscarriage. Because if there was that case, it wouldn't be such a situation to have an abortion. But I don't want anyone to do this toning, this ab toning, possibly have a miscarriage, not from the ab toning, just because...
1: But you know, really, correlate the two, yes. And then and them. then
0: get angry at me yeah. and, and blame you, me yeah. or blame themselves. So we don't do that. Come the third trimester, we're super focused on fetal position. So when the baby's spine is towards the pregnant person's belly, they're more likely to be optimally positioned. When the baby's spine's towards their back, they're more likely to be malpositioned, and that can lead to a longer labor. And 70% of back labor or posterior babies come out via cesarean and that's a longer rehab. Wow, so 70%. 70%, yeah. Most pelvises are wider left to right than front to back, so you can't, you can't fit that baby through.
1: So, so how, yeah. how you, what, what kind of stuff do you do to help the baby be in the right position?
0: Awesome question. So we try to avoid being on the back. So certain things like at the end of class, you're doing sideline shavasana. Um, They're really doing a lot of belly down stuff, but we also look at things like how can we make sure the psoas is really balanced. So if we think of the psoas kind of like a little waterfall from T12 down to the lesser trochanter, it's behind the uterus. And if it's really tight, it can actually push the uterus forward. And then the baby can be malpositioned. So again, everything's about can we get that baby lined up with that cervix so that baby can shoot right out? Um, you know, so if we so we focus a lot on a really supple, juicy psoas. we focus on a really balanced, bony pelvis. We focus on a really balanced pelvic floor. You know, so all of these things especially come the third trimester, so that. The body can be happier and healthier and more balanced, and the baby can be. The person have a more functional birth, and the baby can come out. So that's kind of how we how we separate things out. But besides that, they're all kind of on the same playing field.
1: So talk a little bit about diastasis because I'm asked this oh, yeah. all the time, and honestly, in the physical therapy world, there is not a consistent viewpoint, and it doesn't. Yeah. It, there's the evidence that used to say, Oh, you definitely want to do something about a diastasis has now been more people are saying, well, the body adapts. You don't have to Like you shouldn't limit what you're doing. What have, what is your kind of take on it?
0: Thank you for asking. First thing also, I do often know my, I try to recognize my scope. I'm not a physical therapist, but I will talk about recognizing diastasis and I mean, you probably could jump more on this, you know, when there is diastasis it can affect the pelvic floor, you know, you don't, they really, the corn floor work quite well. What I do talk to my teacher trainees and my students about is that there has been a shift of how we look at diastasis for a while. It was just about the gap. I think it was like two and a half fingers from the, between the rectus, uh, the, sorry, the rectus abdominals. Now the consensus is more about the linea alba, that connective tissue from the xiphoid process to the pubis. So really palpating down that and what's the integrity, what's the consistency, what's that tensile strength. So that's what I focus on more is when we check, when I actually have the students check themselves, do they have that strength or do they have what I call the marshmallow where you just kind of keep going in. <laughs> so my understanding is that yeah, we want to have a marshmallow. <laughs> No one wants a mar- <laughs> marshmallow <laughs> belly. <laughs> you know, I need a better word. <laughs> you on not a baby, but not, not, not on a not the marshmallow. So, my understanding is that we want to have that tensile strength because when we don't, we often, you know, you're pushing then all of the contents of the abdomen. You know, you have all you have is the linear alba. It's not, you know, it's not really containing well. So, to my understanding, we want that whole vessel to to work together. You know, you want the pelvic floor to have I think of it like a jellyfish. So the pelvic floor and the diaphragm should work together. The abdominals should work along with that. So we can't promise they won't have diastasis by doing the TA work, but we can often repair and get more support when we get the transverse abdominus and the pelvic floor working functionally together. Does that answer
1: your question? Of yes, exactly. And for everybody who's um, not sure, TA stands for transverse abdominis. And the transverse abdominis, if you if you find your two frontal pelvic points known as the ASIS, and just like I always say, it's like a little wrapping right in between that. It's way deep. It's almost all the way to the back rim of the, um, the pelvis. That's how deep it is. It's really considered almost a lumbar stabilizer or considered a It's it's a posterior abdominal uh, muscle, and it's very very important for getting getting yeah holding the the puzzle together. Yeah, I often will tell people, I just try and have them not worry so much about it and not do big like we don't do an excessive amount of spinal flexion into extension, which I think really kind of pulls the um, at the linea alba and pulls. And opens that up more. So I, I always promote an engaged core where there's not a lot of that pulling on there anyway. So I find that from the people that I have worked with over the years, and I've seen some real large, you know, three almost four fingers that they've helped substantially by just really focusing on the balanced engagement, and and because you know I do see more like smaller frame women who have it, you know, they just get, they're more likely to get pulled
0: <laughs> because oh, I mean, yeah, it. I so cared like a bullet. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from behind, I was still like, I even had a slightest indent in my waist, but I, I have like literally between my hip and my lowest rib, I have about an Inch of space. I'm really short torsoed. and so that my first just was like like a missile forward. So what else was going to happen? And also, you know, it depends on age, and it depends on collagen. And I was a bit of an what we call an older mom. I think they called <laughs> me a geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> I,
1: know, I love it when they when they classify that. I, was, I know, I I'm like classified as that. I was
0: like, what? I know. So should I gotten in with my walker? Um, you know. So there's a. lot... <laughs> there's a lot that, you know, takes in consideration, but yes, certain bodies, shorter bodies, shorter waisted, you know, older tend to have the chance of more diastasis. But I try to tell my pregnant students, let's just not worsen it. So we don't do deep back bends. We're not churning into deep. First of all, where, how are you going to deeply twist? There's a Belly there, um, you know we don't hold the breath because that's pushing, you know intra abdominal pressure. You know it also cuts off the oxygen to your baby. So many reasons not to hold your yeah. breath. Um, but yeah. you know, so we 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 try not to worsen diastasis. But I'm not going to promise anyone. You know they won't get it. because I don't think that's a promise I could ever keep. In fact, I've talked to a lot of PTs and I've gotten so many different answers. Some are like, oh, you can kind of prevent it, and some are like, everyone's going to get it. So I try not to worry too much about it. And I try to yeah. support on the postnatal side. So speaking
1: of that, what, uh, what is your, what are your, cl- do you have classes at the studio for postnatal? Or do you we do, do like do. Okay.
0: Yeah. So our main thing is prenatal. And then we take the post and kind of split it into two camps. So I have kind of a way I teach postnatal. I focus on what I call the seven parts of the postnatal body that really need attention. Um, and then, so that's postnatal. That's an hour and a half class. And that is for the, the new parent to focus on their mind and body. But then we also have some people that want to do this with their babies. Now, babies are welcome at postnatal, but they're not because, you know, you may not want to hire a sitter or maybe do, and you're there for yourself. But then we also do a baby and me class. I personally don't teach that
1: because that's
0: that's not my... We have a very talented baby and me who loves the babies, big jazz hands, big smile. Not (laughs) my thing.
1: Not your wheelhouse. Not my wheelhouse. We were not. We were not playing with dolls. So why would that change? <laughs> <laughs> Even if I'm paid, <laughs>
0: I can put the role in if I really have to, like okay. any other, you know, theater role. But it is so not my wheelhouse. Um, like
1: there's songs, there's movies. It's just okay. so not my thing. My um, husband, by the way, did all of that, all the baby <laughs> me, and he would be the, And he was an actor, so this is so funny because he lived on 75th and um, Broadway right by the be- right in the beacon hotel yeah
0: right around yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. My old, that's my old stomping ground oh i miss he, it he was
1: there he went to circle in the square so he's very theatrical and all the other moms were like he was inspiring to them because they're everybody's kind of like eh, you kind of do the baby voice and the singing and he's he's in there like i am so grateful to have you because i yeah i would not be doing that
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I hate to say it, like. I didn't do any of our Baby and Me classes at the studio. <laughs> I don't need to. I sing to myself. I don't need to sing to my babies. Know, but...
1: Exactly. Exactly. I know. Um, okay. So yes, you have the Baby and Me, but then you also have the postnatal where they they come in, and I'm assuming you're working on like the shoulders and the neck. Oh my the,
0: gosh! Like, yes, yeah. breastfeeding
1: <laughs> and carry. It's just. Neck,
0: shoulders, back, yeah. um, pelvic floor, abs. So as again, cause it gets so tight. Cause don't feel like during pregnancy, the abs in the back of atrophied a lot. And so that so as again, one of my favorite muscles, like I'm going to jump in and I'm going to try to help stabilize you. And it just sit and they're sitting, there's so much sitting postpartum, mm-hmm. you know, feeding, getting the baby down to sleep. So yeah, uh, so as involved, um, Often we have to check in about like what was their birth like? How's their pelvic floor? Like, mean, was there damage to their pelvic floor? Was there damage to their hips when birthing? So we have to take all that in consideration, as well as just the emotional state. I mean, yeah. it's such a huge transition going from someone, you know, the autonomy of, you know, someone that doesn't have a child to what's your identity?
1: And the hormones. I mean, I I was talk. I have a really good friend. Um, she's my doctor and my friend, and we're always talking about having some kind of podcast or something on hormones because she's really a true integrative doctor, you know. And she and she was saying that menopausal and postnatal are so similar in these. Really crazy hormonal surges. And they say that um, because the progesterone just drops off after giving birth, that really, if people just are like given small doses of natural bio, you know, um, I think they have sweet potato forms of progesterone, if they're suffering from this postpartum depression, a lot of it is the hormones. And so even if you're, trekking through and okay, but you're still going to have all of the emotions, all the fatigue, all of it. It's, it's a really lovely time to have that, that community where you can just go and people understand, you know, because unfortunately, if a males are never going to understand, they can try their hardest, you know, they just can't, they're not going to be able to walk in our shoes. So it is nice to have that community. When do you, if, if someone had a vaginal birth without any complications, when do you usually suggest somebody comes back in and Starts practicing. Four
0: to six weeks. They need their bleeding to stop,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then if it's a surgical birth, six weeks. Because you know, even though cesarean is so common, it's it's major abdominal surgery. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But I wanted to just say something. You were, you totally hit it about the hormones in the community. I see that so much in the postnatal classes. So in the prenatal, you know, there's a lot of community. But the postnatal, I think that's really where we need to really think about the. Sp- The isolation that can happen. So the the statistics at the Motherhood Center. It's this place in New York City where it really focuses on the mental health during the parent. perinatal time, they estimate that it's one in five people that have some sort of PMED perinatal mood and anxiety disorder. And that's only those that are reported. So right. it's more like one in three. So there's such this huge overhaul. There's you know anxiety or depression. There's isolation that can happen. There's just the missing of their old life. There's just so much that while the person may kind of look the same, there's just this huge ordeal and upheaval that's happened to get to where they are now and trying to figure out how to even care for this baby, who they are, their relationships
1: changed. It's exactly. such a rich time to offer support. So that's it, actually it, one it of my There's a lot of shame too. It's like you're feeling if you're feeling less than grateful all the time because you have this precious little life, you, you feel bad about it. It's like but you're going to have these feelings and sometimes it can feel like resentment and ang- and anger and and yeah. sadness and and that's it's really nice to know or or good to know healing, to know that that's normal. That can be normal that you don't have. It isn't always precious moments that it can really be up because of all these other factors. It's not just the baby, but
0: all the other things relationships change dynamics change you know, someone's getting to know their body again. And especially if we kind of tie it back to the yoga thing, I imagine if someone had a really strong practice, I'm going to put myself in those shoes. And then it takes a while to find that practice again, because the body's changed and there can be disappointment. You know, there's so much tied in. So the last couple of years, I've really, the the postnatal part of this has really, uh, Been a focus of even a stronger focus. um, More, I think it took me, and it's funny because I tell my teacher trainees all the time, like you never need to be a birthed parent to teach pre and postnatal. But there was a shift that I felt more after my second about a relate. Like I really related. It just was. It was just a big change of my eyes of like what parenthood was meaning for me. Some people glide through it, but you know it was. I really wanted support. I wanted to talk to other parents. I needed to surround myself. I needed to be okay that my body had changed. I needed to accept that I'm not going to necessarily always be the same as it was before. And that was hard. And so I think they're getting that, that community. It's different when it's a, a group of new parents as opposed to just popping back into your general class, which still had, I mean, I couldn't wait to get back to my anger classes. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I needed before I could get there, I needed to kind of go through the mud of that experience with, with my peeps.
1: I love that. I love that. I think community and sisterhood and womanhood is, is something that uh, is so appealing to so many. And it's a really near and dear to my heart. I, I just love being a part of a community and uplifting women and, and, and letting them hold space for each other and all, all yeah. that comes up without any attachment of judgment. Um, judgment. Yeah. it's So it's so important. It really is. Well, it's been amazing to get to know you here and where can people find out more about what you have to offer?
0: Well, thank you. Um, well, prenatalyogacenter.com is my website and we've got a ton on there. Um, as I mentioned, I do my 85 hour teacher training right now. It's going to be online because we don't know when we're, coming back. Um, but if someone just hears about this, like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for a full training. I have some smaller, like intros. I have one that's called who's afraid of the pregnant yogi. And that is for the general population teacher that has a pregnant student walk in and they freak out and they're like, I'm just going to ignore that student. Cause that's not the answer. But so that, <laughs> that smaller program gives you some tools for just dealing in an open level class. I and love that. Yeah. Who's afraid the pregnant yogi. And then the other one is teaching the postnatal students. So that's the same thing. When you have a postnatal student in your open level class, what do you do with them? So those are the the teachings. Um, and then as I mentioned, everything's online. They can find that at prenatalyogacenter.com. And my podcast is Yoga Birth Babies. And we talk about yoga and birth and babies. <laughs> um,
1: okay. and then- I think so many people are fast. Well, they should be. It's Birth is fascinating. It is just so fascinating. Going from water world, internal world, making a baby in and of itself is is a miracle. And then having just this being witness to it is and yeah, it's what
0: the body can do and how we can how as yoga practitioners, how we can help our students. You know, have a more functional birth. We we really can play a big role in supporting and honoring that space. So that's how people can
1: find me. I love it. I love it. Well, I will um, make sure that I find you there. And thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. And I hope this really hit home for anybody who needed to hear these words, whether or not you've had a baby or in the process of thinking about a baby or being supportive to someone who has had one. Um, these are These are really, really important um, services to offer all the mamas out there. As always, thank you for listening and I'm pulling for you all.